0: Hello, Fuck Demons, and welcome back to Sex News with Ray. If you would like weekly episodes on our off weeks, you can go to patreon.com slash sex news with Ray and subscribe for more of my voice, because who doesn't want to hear more of me? We are joined today by Vivian Lawrence, a Toronto-based escort of seven and a half years, an in-call owner-operator, and a freelance visual artist.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: Can you explain to our listeners what is an in-call owner-operator?
1: Absolutely. So an in-call is a workspace that is usually an apartment uh, or a condo where providers and massage parlor attendants would work out of. So I host a common workspace for a few different providers in the Toronto community, and I also cater to traveling providers who come from different parts of the country, most of the time from Ottawa because that's where I'm from, and uh yeah so it's basically just a safe space to work like an office but a sexy office oh good
0: that's fun um i'm gonna ask you a question for the purpose of educating our listeners and if this is triggering you can feel free to say we'll edit this out Mm -hmm. um how do you feel about the word brothel in terms of these kinds of spaces
1: i like the term brothel i have no issue with it i also like the term bordello uh i would love to like eventually like buy uh, a small condo building or an old style like, I would like I like to buy the Amsterdam on Carlton Street which used to be like this beautiful hostel and run it as you know um a traditional bordel sometime but oh cool like, like a pipe
0: dream the kind of thing where you have like brocade wallpaper and you come yeah. out in a corset with a skirt and... that's right well when I was telling someone about how like it would be fun to be the receptionist at uh at a parlor they said something like, "Oh, you want to be the madam I'm like, no, that's the owner that's like a different role like there's there's different roles and um you know, if I did become the receptionist, it would be leggings, not corsets <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'd love I'd love to be a madam, but the biggest difference for me is that i uh, i don't book i don't book clients for other people. I let other providers choose their own clients. that's very important to me, so I just like to, to create like a, a sexy hotel if you would you know.
0: More like a co-op rather than, yeah, yeah. the people that you are working with are people you yourself know or have met or have connected with. And so you trust them to use your space responsibly.
1: Absolutely. And it's more, it's not that I'm their boss. It's more that, you know, I'm working for them. You know, I'm I'm there to provide a service for them and not to you know reign over them so to speak yeah
0: do you want to talk a bit more about your art too
1: sure um so I've been making art since I was very young and my first experience selling art was when I was 15 years old Uh, I focus in illustration usually I do a lot of portraiture as well as fashion illustration and that tends to be what sells very well recently I've been exploring um acrylics and minimalism because a lot of my art usually it's very layered so I tend to put a lot of layers and texture into it and then recently I, I wanted to challenge myself uh, by making the shift to saying more with less and the big thing that I noticed is that minimalism is very difficult so you know whereas before I might do a lot of blending versus now I'm just focusing on you know very exact shapes it's quite challenging um But yeah, I would say that art represents maybe 5-10% to of my income, but I really, really enjoy it. And when, when strangers, who I don't know how they'll react to me saying I'm a sex worker, ask me what I do for work, I usually say that I'm an art and art broker, because I also host events where I sell my art and I sell other people's art, usually friends and clients who are within the sex work community.
0: Love it. Thank you for sharing all of that. I'm going to get into the article. Feel free to interrupt me if you if anything comes up that you're like, oh, this is interesting and directly relevant. Otherwise, I'm sure we'll chit-chat after the article. It is called uh, Humans Will One Day Have Sex in Space, and it's from CTV News from Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. This is an example of journalists reporting on a research paper written by, I believe, Simon Dubay, a Concordia doctoral student, and also maybe because it was a slow news week or maybe because they actually care about space sex. Um, as we've learned from many of our episodes with my husband, Alex, these articles can be hit or miss on whether, you know, the actual journalist can parse the paper and give an accurate reflection on what the researcher is actually saying. So we also don't know what the student is majoring in by the beginning of it. And the opening statement of the article, I think is an excellent summary of the article overall. The rapid development of space tourism and the planning of long missions to the moon or Mars mean that humans will sooner or later have sex in space. And it is important to start thinking about how this sexuality will be experienced, argues a Montreal researcher. Of course, the French would be thinking about space sex, obviously. Um, I'll keep going. So the researcher contends that we need to discuss the complex biopsychosocial issues related to sexuality and human intimacy as we expand into space. We could have had uh, we could have a Space Mile High Club. But we also have horny astronauts who will not stay abstinent on their long journeys into the great unknown, or if they end up on a permanent mission off-world. I think this is in reference to a recent article saying that uh, space space missions are thinking of only all-female astronaut groupings because there won't be any sex in space if it's all women.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) I think what they
0: really mean is there won't be any pregnancy in space if it's all women. But yeah, there was this assumption that if it's an all-female team, there won't be any sex.
1: Well, if all women prisons have taught us anything, that's, uh, that's not the right assumption. Sexuality can be <laughs>
0: fluid sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like maybe this is potentially like a, a, like a response to that kind of narrative that like, oh, we'll, we'll just tell our astronauts not to fuck and mm-hmm. it'll be fine. And it also assumes that like every astronaut is straight, even if they are on mixed gender teams. Maybe we just need all queer astronaut
1: missions and see how that goes. I think that would be great. I would love to see an all-queer astronaut miss- mission, like queers in space. Yeah. I feel like that was an SNL skit from many years back. <laughs> I'm
0: pretty sure that's a graphic erotic novel that I've read. <laughs> uh, so it's easy to imagine the complexities of consent on a collaborative mission, considering we already have issues with power imbalances here on Earth. With a small team, the inability to get away from a lover, ex-lover, or even abuser gets complicated when you can't Uber away from a bad date. Uh, And then here is a quote. The article's author cite Quebec scientist Judith Lapierre as an example who participated in a European space mission simulation at the turn of the millennium. And she's also the co-author of the new article. Now a researcher at Laval University, LaPierre was locked in a train car-sized chamber, which replicated the defunct um, MIR space station with a few men for 110 days. So this was an experiment, not a real space mission, I guess. She recounted being grabbed and forcibly kissed by the Russian mission leader, to the point where she felt the need to start sleeping with a knife under her pillow. The researchers urge us to take a proactive approach and address sexuality in space before space travel is common. They then go on to discuss all the benefits of healthy sexual relationships and propose the use of technological solutions to satisfy astronaut sexual needs. vibrators um, vibrators. <laughs> um, And if humans, so here's the last quote, and if humans aspire to permanently colonize other worlds, we will need to better understand how they will then be able to reproduce since procreation in space would come with multiple challenges, such as weightlessness and radiation exposure. Experiments conducted on mice have shown, for example, that microgravity can interfere with sperm motility and embryo development. We're very concerned about the future birth rates of the human race. Clearly. Mm -hmm. And, and abuse. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm getting from this.
1: That was the part that really stuck out to me in this article was reading about Baquer's experience with, you know, the simulated mission. And, you know, to me, that was a little bit triggering in a way to read that because here's her being part of a team and then being let down by a person in power and no longer feeling safe. So to me, that's really a point that we need to address moving forward as we do. Like, you know, like sexual violence is something that's common throughout society. So it's only to be expected once we move into space. However, I don't feel like the the team was properly protected against this. I feel like there are certain strategies that we could use to mitigate that kind of behavior.
0: Yeah, well... I think it's interesting that we're being presented this paper like we're thinking about uh, the future of people in space and sex. And part of me was thinking, yes, and we haven't solved these problems on Earth. How are we expecting to be able to solve them for the future? And this person's saying we need to think ahead. And that's very reasonable. But, and, but and, and but, <laughs> uh, we we still have these issues here where they're not going to be solved even if we're thinking about them for the future how do we solve this on space missions like we are still in the process of figuring out how to solve this on our day-to-day and you know in some places we have like workplace policies that will say oh no dating at the office which is you know um legally you can date anyone you want at the office but office offices and workplaces will have these policies to try and prevent exactly what they're describing in this article but even with those policies it doesn't always prevent this from happening so If our solution is a policy, it's not going to solve anything. If -hmm. our solution is training, saying this is how we treat people on these space missions, great, we need to start that in kindergarten. That's why I wanted to go do sex ed.
1: Definitely. Well, a big part of that will definitely be consent education to begin with. I feel like another solution is having access to sexuality in some way or another through these space missions. For instance, in areas where pornography was banned, you know, in studies, it was shown that rates of sexual violence went up because people didn't have access to a sexual outlet so i feel that people on space missions should be able to have outlets to express their sexuality whether it's with these other people on the mission or with themselves so for the instance it could be having access to only fans content having access to porn or even in an ideal situation for me was i was thinking that there should definitely be sex workers as part of these space missions if they're long-term long-haul missions yeah you know if we think about uh firefly the series you know it was a, a a team of people traveling through space and one of those people uh inara which is a character that i really related to was this very you know um professional sex worker who was beautiful and intelligent and carried herself very well and while she was renting a room in that spaceship and basically traveling to different worlds to meet clients and then host back, I wouldn't be surprised if different members of the crew privately hired her to express their sexuality and have, you know, a safe person to enjoy themselves with on these missions. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I can't
0: remember the name of the captain of the Firefly. I'm blanking on his name right now, but Nathan
1: Fillion, (laughs) Nathan Fillion,
0: Nathan Fillion was always very, um, respectful of her, but, uh, I can't remember the word, but when, like, I don't want to say disrespectful of her job.
1: He was, yeah. He was kind of, I feel like he was insecure regarding his her job because he had feelings for her and it was jealousy coming out.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about in this scenario, I'm actually imagining maybe someone who's disrespectful of the job, but that manifests as sexual violence, especially on a space where you are, you might have your on hours, off hours, but mm-hmm. if you're sharing a common space with these people... What if they see you as constantly working as someone unable to say no? And I would love to see sex workers, but I do think we'd need to get to a certain point where society as a whole will always respect someone's Mm -hmm. um, job or ability to say no to something or ability to say like, nope, I'm not on the clock right now. Or no, I'm not interested in your attentions and actually respect
1: that. Definitely. The, The consent education has to come first. And I also feel like there should be, you know, like there should be consequences to disrespecting somebody's consent, like somebody's right to say no, right? Like what happened to this Russian space leader? You know, did something, like, was he reprimanded? Was he kicked off the team? What happened there? This was a simulation.
0: Yeah. And it's very unclear, but it sounds like she started sleeping with a knife under her pillow, which all of this, I really hate the conflicting messages we get around protecting ourselves because you're told as a woman that if you fight back, you are more likely to actually end up in the hospital. But if you don't fight back, we don't believe that you actually didn't want it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. And if you have a weapon, you're actually more likely to have that weapon used against you, mm-hmm. if, especially if you don't know how to use it. But weapons are dangerous. Knives are actually very dangerous. You don't get in yeah. a knife fight without getting hurt. No. If you see someone pull a knife on you, you run. You run. Absolutely. Yeah. So in this case, when she started sleeping with a knife under her pillow, I'm like, that wasn't actually going to solve this problem. No. And if anything, it might have actually put her in more harm's way. And if she felt like that was the only thing she could do, then that's very concerning because that's actually creating more problems, not less.
1: Yeah. Like, where were the other members of her team? Like, what did they do to step up and say this wasn't okay? Because they're in a train, you know, train cart sized space it's not like this would have gone undetected this has to be there has to be a community approach to consent we have to speak up when there are things that are not right right whether or not there's sex workers on these missions or not you know we have to publicly hold each other accountable
0: right we shouldn't have to le- learn krav maga because that's just how people still are and it's never going to change right mm-hmm. when if you I uh, yeah i i just i'm in a as you know i am in a martial arts gym and there's this big focus on people being able to know how to defend themselves and It's not about using it all the time, but feeling confident that you can if you need to. And I just, I'm thinking like, I'm never in a scenario where I need to. And if I am in that scenario, it's too late.
1: That or, you know, even if you know how, like for instance, I've taken self-defense classes and I grew up taking martial arts with my family, with my family doing kickboxing. And I have been in a situation where there's been assault. And even though I knew how to defend myself, my automatic response was to freeze. You know? Right. Because you're not in the gym. I'm not in the gym. I'm not surrounded by people. And I just felt scared. And that was my response. And that was like a survival tactic. I don't think that was wrong or right of me. It's just sort of what happened. And knowing how to defend yourself doesn't stop the actual problem, which is people who are, you know, assaulting you. Like, that's the problem, you know? Yeah. It's not like you didn't defend yourself. So you wanted this. No, no. Like, there are people who don't respect other people's consent, and they like they put themselves first and that's the problem
0: yeah and all like you're not going to sign up for a gym where people scare you to the point where you get over that reaction Mm because that's not fun that's actually not healthy for your adrenal system and that's nuts like Mm -hmm. no one is intentionally going to places to like be put no i mean maybe for certain people in certain jobs where it's mandatory but still like I no one's signing up for the uh we're gonna scare you and, and make you think that you're actually getting assaulted to help you get over your fight, flight, or freeze. Like that's ridiculous. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh tangent entirely. Let's make this a bit more fun because this was a dark conversation <laughs> for a minute there. It's very dark. <laughs> um Mile mile high clubs in space.
1: See, that sounds like more fun. And I feel like we can definitely get around the, the gravity issue. Like we we can engineer gravity. In terms of the exposure to radiation that's a little bit more complicated, and i like i don't i don't have the appropriate credentials to speak on that, mm-hmm. but no, I think it would be really you know exciting and uh, to create new adventures for humans and have that you know new experience of like maybe we were the sixty two mile high club right oh, that would be so fun have you are you in the mile high Club the regular earth bound mile high club no actually i Personally, just because, um, A, I kind of always travel in economy. And economy is different for different airlines. Like, with um, WestJet, it's not great. With KLM, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. So maybe with KLM, I came close, actually, when I went to Amsterdam last time. I was flirting with somebody. uh, Well, somebody was flirting with me, and I flirted back. And we probably could have gone further. But I was on the plane with a client... Who was in first class who's taking me to a fly me to you so I figured you know this isn't really this a good is, idea yeah this is this would be you know not great and not very respectful to you were client. at
0: work yeah yeah um wait so he was flying you and he took first class but he shoved you in economy that's right I would have taken some over the pants action
1: but, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe but I mean it was a really good time and the other thing is I feel like I wasn't in first class because they were traveling with family
0: Oh, so did they know? Did the family? I have. I don't. The phone.
1: family didn't know.
0: Wow. Yeah. So can you tell? That's a fascinating. Can you tell me more about that dynamic? Sure. Um, like, were you in a separate hotel? Did they come and visit uh, no, you we, separately?
1: Uh, no, I just we like uh, we got off the plane separately. I mean, obviously, first class would disembark first, and then you know, once their family went off we met up at a different part of the airport and then we went off, we went to our Airbnb, we stayed at the same Airbnb. I did have my own room, which to me is really nice and kind of important um, because I'm, I'm somebody who, even if I am going on a a trip with somebody, I need a lot of time to myself and I need downtime to be able to do things like read, sleep on my own, because there's certain things. Like I fart in my sleep, you know, it's not exactly (laughs) something I'm ready to share with somebody who's paying me. Um, So yeah, and then we had separate flights back. Um, well, like and the family didn't I, know. No, the family didn't know that I was there. Um,
0: so the family. So what did he say to them? Just I'm going to work.
1: Uh, well, he spent a lot of time with with his family, and just sort of you know we met up for usually for dinner, and then uh, for like playtime after. Uh, there's only really. One day that we spent together in entirety and we went to a really big sporting event that was a surprise to me. It was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed myself.
0: I, ju- I just have questions about like, not, not about you. I just genuinely, in a judgment for way, want to know like, what did you tell the family? In terms of like where he was with that time and is it an agreement so that she just doesn't ask? Or not that you know these these questions like not that you know the answer oh, to like any he wasn't of this, traveling
1: yeah. with a spouse, he was traveling with other family members. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. god. I
0: thought like wife and kids family. No, 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 no. Okay. This makes a lot more sense. And now I can understand how he snuck away from the family. I was like, yeah. I could not imagine traveling with a partner and kids and being able to sneak away around like bedtime, for example, which yes. is after dinner. I was like, how is this possible?
1: So, no, 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 okay, like it, that's hot. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was fun. I had a really great time. Um, and we, we share a lot of chemistry, so I would like I would definitely do that again. And in retrospect, I probably would have joined the Mile High Club with my client, if that were an option. But we would have we would have gone to like the first class bathrooms, and they probably would have tried to kick me out because I wasn't in first class. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it would have been too complicated. Yeah. Um. So I am in the Mile High Club. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jews get a free trip to Israel upon the age of 18, if they apply really? for the free trip. It's actually, yeah. So I've talked about this on uh, like season three of the podcast, but it's called, in English, it's called Birthright, but in Hebrew, it's called Explore. Mm-hmm. So that tells you a lot about the North American entitlement to land that is not ours. But anyway, right. um, so it's this free trip and it's specifically um a combined effort between a bunch of different Jewish charities that sends Jewish people between the ages of like 18 and 30 to Israel in the hopes that they will fall in love and maybe want to move there or just learn more and connect with Jewish heritage. And Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit of an indoctrination trip, a little bit. Most people I know from Thornhill take it because it's a free trip to Israel, so why wouldn't you? Right. With, like, a bunch of other Jews and, like, a lot of the community wants to marry Jewish and have Jewish babies, so it's a great place to expand your network and, you know, uh, hot Israeli soldiers join you on the trip. So, like, it's (laughs) win-win. So I had a boyfriend when I went on the trip, my first boyfriend, um, and... While he and I had many, many other relationship issues. One thing that was super fun is he and I were both like every opportunity to fuck everywhere all the time on the airplane. As soon as we landed, as soon as we're like, how many countries can we, like we had sex goals in common, I think, um, for the most part. So yeah. Um, Tim can bathroom as I like to call it. (laughs) And everyone's like, but how did you fit? Well, I am five foot two and he was five foot eight. So we managed. That's hot. Nobody finished. Like (laughs) it wasn't like the best sex i've ever had it was goal oriented sex and it was exactly what it needed to be
1: nice
0: i think the next step is space sex
1: space sex weightless absolutely. sex
0: could you imagine i like have tried fucking in the oasis pool and like that's hard
1: it is hard like i have had sex in the in the pool and i you definitely like in my experience need a silicone based lube to, mm. like definitely cuz like Get in. water's yeah. drying um but I, I'm not sure if like weightless would be good for me because I like, like thrust. I like, well, I like being held down or like holding somebody down. I'm a big fan of like somebody pushing down on my chest while they're fucking me or me like pushing my hands and in, like into somebody's chest or like pulling down on their shoulders for that pressure mm-hmm. and like having somebody grip my hips and pull me onto them. Like that to me is really hot. And it would be very difficult in space unless you use technology to help you. I'm imagining a
0: strap system, but yes. <laughs> yes, or like bondage
1: help. of some sort.
0: Yeah. Um, sex swings in space. Sex swings in space.
1: Yeah. And, and so in that way, it would be fun. Um, but I would definitely, I would need something to help with the weightlessness. I, I, don't they have like chambers where they, they can create gravity where you're not like weightless? Or is that just like I think by fiction? the time
0: we're colonizing Mars, I would hope you could. Okay. I don't know. Why are we colonizing Mars if we haven't fixed a gravity situation, especially knowing how embryos and sperm and now in my sci-fi brain, I'm thinking like, imagine if we colonized all of like space, but like you had to spend 10 years on Earth and it was specifically so that you could like up your sperm count and like <laughs> you had to like plan ahead. And then, you know, someone who is like getting pregnant, like as soon as you find out you're pregnant, you have to like take your mat leave on Earth and like you have to like go to Earth to prepare, but only, you know, rich women Can do that. So we've got all of these people who are just a subclass with like deformed hollow boned bird babies, but Mm then uh, the uprising and all of a sudden we find out what their secret superior power is. No, I just think we'd end up with deformed babies. But anyway, this is what I'm thinking like, how would we or would we adapt and evolve to be able to, you know, live in these other places with other gravity and then is that what aliens actually are just the humans that have evolved on other planets with other gravity and this was a very
1: long that's probably tangent. what aliens are you know or like i don't know i feel like there are actually aliens out there and they figured it out and like we're we're like a game show like a reality tv show for them that's kind of my theory <laughs> that's a, I you get,
0: know <laughs> i get getting asked by people who are like i don't want to say judgmental of my more leftist liberal side but they kind of are uh, and they assume that because I am open-minded about things like gender, it means that I don't understand science or, like, don't care. But, yeah, I don't know, which is interesting because a lot of people who uh, look into gender understand the science behind it and understand it's complex and are – that's why we yeah. think about gender. But, you know, the people who, like, I would say um, tend to be more into, like, evolutionary psychology. Anyway. Which I see your face, and I'm like, it has a place, but I have feelings about people who are blind evolutionary psychology listeners. So,
1: like, evolutionary psychology, what is that exactly?
0: Men used to be hunters, women used to be gatherers. This is why men are more aggressive, also, the testosterone. This is why women are better nurturers because we were never expected to hunt. So our bodies didn't physiologically develop in this way, nor did our brains. Okay, there's so many female warriors from ancient times. Like ah, Amazon but they, were, but they like... were outliers, you know. Ugh. Things like that, yeah. To us. Now, I'm not saying that, like, everything every evolutionary psychologist has ever said is wrong, but I am saying that I do interact with people who, like, misquote a lot of it. Mm. So, that being said, they will ask me the question do you believe in aliens as if I'm going to say no? Mm. And I'm like, how can I possibly think to understand everything there is in the universe? There could, the, the universe is massive. There's probably aliens. Yeah. They, there's, there's probably, there's probably aliens.
1: And if like, if not in this time, maybe in like thousands of years ago, like the humans have only been around for a small portion of time. Realistically thinking, like time yeah. is something that we don't fully comprehend, and there could have been, you know, eons ago, fully formed civilizations that we don't know about at all. Yeah,
0: on other planets, yeah, in other parts of the universe. Um, if aliens are using us as a reality TV show, it's like we're their firefly, yeah, what do you think they're thinking
1: right now? Oh my god, <laughs> uh i I wonder, you know, they're probably thinking like, Wow, they're really having a lot of difficulty not destroying their planet. This is a this is a hot mess train wreck, but I can't stop watching is probably what they're thinking.
0: Right. They're like, Will they get through? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you see the heartwarming examples of the, you know, you follow this one environmentalist who's just not being listened to and they're getting a queer eye makeover and mm-hmm. yeah. I had another question and then I forgot it because I got distracted. <laughs> oh. Um, what do you think of uh, like alien fetishes?
1: Uh while it's not a fetish I experience, I totally understand it. Um, because in my mind, like aliens are like sentient beings who themselves can consent, you know, or who you know they're they're intelligent beings in my mind. Um, and to me, while like we can call them a different species, I'm not sure that's entirely true, you know. The, the, we're probably just like anyway i i think alien fetishes are a normal and very healthy way to explore sexuality um i've seen some of the toys they're very ambitious
0: like the avipositors
1: and stuff yeah or like i've seen some like like alien um or i guess the, I, I guess they're more dragon dildos but i'm like how how does somebody fit that inside them that is Crazy! I can't even wrap my mouth around
0: that. But you're thinking of the bag dragon, yeah, dildos, yeah, and they have like the alien dong, the red dragon, the yeah. black dragon.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I've watched a lot of X Files, so I'm not surprised by alien and by any means. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, sex toys don't need to look the way that we've made them. They're very popular. Uh, sex toys don't need to look the way that we've made them. Historically, sex toys have very much, I think, emulated existing body parts Mm -hmm. i had uh, an amazing session with a sex educator as part of my program where this person came in and she worked for a sex toy store i think in bc and she was explaining that like a lot of the way that sex toys were marketed was was racist or you know rooted in stereotypes or just made of bad quality but also emulating body parts when what we need to be pleasured a lot of the time doesn't actually emulate a body part So she was showing us the like new wave of sex toys that are like, it's shaped like an egg or it's very rounded and has a lot of rounded corners. So it fits better in your palm. And then this rounded corner vibrates. Actually the whole thing vibrates. So if you need more of an edge or this and they look nothing like what you thought a sex toy would look like. And I feel like the bad dragon type of dildos were just sort of like a precursor. They're not necessarily the elegant upscale silhouette of, you know, slopes and silicone, but they're definitely like fun and exploring what other shapes are pleasurable.
1: Definitely. And there adds like a degree of novelty and, you know, experimentation to it, because I feel as humans, we do very much crave novelty and difference in our our sexual lives, you know, so that we don't get, it's like, you know, you might have your favorite porn to watch, but if you watch it so many times, you're going to want to explore something different to keep it fresh. And I feel like that is an extension of that. Also, while I do believe in these more like non Body part shaped sex toys. I will say that my experience with them has not always been great. Like, I tried something called the womanizer and I really didn't like it. I got that as a wedding gift from a friend who uh, was a gay guy who got
0: it for free as part of working at the stag shop. He's like, What am I gonna do with this right. wedding gift? Yeah, so um, I used it maybe once or twice and it was so different than what I was used to mm-hmm. that it took me a lot longer.
1: I could, like, there are parts of it that I liked, that I like the vibration, but you know I didn't at all like the shape I found it didn't work for my body and I've I've experienced other toys like I I have had like this bunny shaped uh, like vibrator not the insertable one one that just kind of looks like it's got a little two prongs yeah two prongs and that I loved that I thought was excellent um and it didn't look like a body part that I had ever seen so in that instance I would say yeah but it still was kind of an identifiable cute shape you know what I mean
0: This is why I don't like when people say, you have to have this sex toy. It's the best sex toy. Everyone loves it. And then how do you feel when you don't love it and it didn't work for your body? Yeah,
1: it doesn't make you feel great. I mean, one of the, and I find one of the best sex toys for me is actually the, like the, just the Hitachi Magic Wand. And that wasn't even developed to be a sex toy. It was a back massager.
0: That is the one that everyone kept recommending to me that I don't really like that much. That's what I Every body's different. I also find it, like... It's too bulky to use in certain partnered
1: positions. It is. It's very large. I've also found, like, I like it for use with myself. I've used it with some clients, and I found they haven't liked it because they're intimidated by its size and Mm. what it means about them.
0: You know what I mean? Interesting. But it's not an insertable.
1: No, it's not. But it's just, like, this big kind of vibrating thing.
0: Right. It looks intimidating. Yeah. Well, they do make smaller ones now, like, not Hitachi, but other brands have made, like, Magic Wand style Mm -hmm. vibrators but that comes back to if you like that vibration there's other shapes that actually might do a
1: better job yeah yeah i do really like the the orchid g2 which is like it's not it looks like a stick with a little uh like a bulb at the end and it doesn't look like a body part at all the one i have looks like it could come from space because it's purple and sparkly and awesome but oh is that that pinpointed one it's like it looks like um like a long cylindrical co- uh, column, and then it's got, like, a bulb at the end. It kind of okay. looks like a tulip. You know okay. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, this also reminds me of all of those, like, G-spot stimulator dildos that, mm. like, I find them so painful. Oh. Anytime someone's been like, try this, it's curved, and this is supposed to stimulate the G-spot, I'm like, this just hurts. Like, mm-hmm. this is not fun. It Like, gets caught on your pelvis or, you know, I, like, there are so many... Um, But then you have someone else who's like, it's the best thing ever. It gets me right in the right spot. You know, every body is shaped differently. So you need to find something that works for your body.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, to each their own. And I feel like alien fetishes and sex toys that are modeled with the alien fantasy are like completely okay. It's not something that I would, I, I think I'm interested at this point in my life. But ask me again in 10 years. We'll see. I
0: would do it like once for fun. Yeah. If we could do like full outfits, like the girl from sex education, like I've got like a set. To walk into, and I could like you know how there are those love hotels in Japan that are themed. If I could go to like a space love hotel room and like we could go in with outfits and commit,
1: then I would have a lot of fun. See, that's a great business idea. That's what I want to do for my future brothel. (laughs) Just
0: make basically a a Canadian Japanese love motel. Basically,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the kinky office space is sort of trying, but I think it's one condo. It is, and that's the thing. It's like. that's actually a place I really want to check out with uh, a Dom client that I have. Um, I think it, but for for this, it would really help to have like a hotel or a previous hostel where you have private rooms mm-hmm. and then can make each room a themed one. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really been in a space that has themed rooms before. I did like, I did go to a space that was kind of kink themed all throughout and it was very nice. Um, but that, that space has since shut down. Um, yeah, so there's definitely you know a need for this in the yeah. future, and there should be a space room.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't there be? Mm-hmm. That would be fun, even if you just have like one of those like starry nights cast on the sky.
1: Yeah, and some
0: fun music with a theremin in the background. Yeah, no, that's not good. I don't want to fuck to theremin music. I take, I take that back. I take that one back.
1: Or just have like a space odyssey playing in the
0: background. That'd be funny. The <laughs> exit. Yeah. The yeah. The last scene too. Um, I just realized that we spent a lot of time talking about sex toys for vulva owners. Mm. Like, I'm wondering, what are the sex toys for men? Other than I know there's prostate massagers and butt toys and, like, fleshlights and updated fleshlight yeah. stuff.
1: I don't see why the Venus 2000 couldn't work in space. It's basically, like, uh, the Sivian, but designed for penis owners. Um, and it's basically, you. it has different attachments and suction and you cr- you can control the intensity of it and i don't see why it it's an auto work. sucker yeah like you okay um the one thing is to be careful because if it, it is quite intense and you can give your penis a hickey um <laughs> i've heard this from like my personal life you know that's really funny yeah yeah so um but you know i feel like that's definitely it's basically like a premium interactive uh like pocket pussy right and it travels and i don't see why i couldn't go up to space
0: I like it. Let's take a short break. Great news, everybody. Did you miss one of the past workshops that I ran on STIs or even down the rabbit hole on pleasure and empowerment? Marissa and I are going to be rerunning our workshops as well as two new ones on a pretty much ongoing monthly basis. Head to sharewithray.com slash events to check out when our workshops are available and more information. Are you ready for our listener question? Absolutely. Is it okay to ask for advice from a spicy content creator about another person's spicy content, or is that rude? Now, I don't think they mean, like, ask for advice, like, uh, like I think they mean, like, can they tell this other spicy content creator you should do it more like this other person. I like what they make. You should consider doing it like that.
1: Is that person paying for it?
0: like are they like, maybe they are subscribing for 5.99 a month or 10.99 a month right. but it's not custom content. I think if you were I think if it's custom content obviously you're allowed to request whatever you want to request. You could mm-hmm. say I want it to be like this.
1: Definitely. I don't think a comparison is uh polite. Honestly, I feel like if you're comparing like oh, I really like this person's content. I want you to do stuff like that. Don't don't say it like that i feel like you should identify what it is you like about the per that other person's content and then express that with the person that you're subscribing to but leave like be like i really like this uh activity or i really like this look but don't pull other content creators name into that because then you might create a dynamic where you like somebody is being compared to somebody else and feeling like they don't measure up i i very much say like Like when you compare, you despair. So talk about the activities that excite you or the outfits that excite you or what it is, like the behavior that excites you and express that with the content creator that you're subscribing to.
0: Women are constantly compared to each other to the point where we're also comparing ourselves all the time. And it's hard to get away from the negative associations of comparisons Mm -hmm. because that's we're expected to be comparing ourselves and finding ourselves wanting. That's how the beauty industry continues to exist. Mm -hmm. And I agree, it's very rude to say you should do it more like this person. Mm -hmm. uh, Specifically because why are you paying that person if you don't like the content they're creating? Yeah, like the whole point is that you are paying for what you want to see. And if you don't like what they're creating, don't try and change them. They're creating what they're comfortable with
1: exactly and if you do want something you could always request it and just be ready to hear yes or no that's a thing it's like ultimately it's up to a content creator to decide what they feel comfortable doing and the last thing i like especially for like myself i don't really want to be compared to anyone else because it happens a lot naturally just by going through social media on twitter and seeing different providers you know follower counts or like amounts and whether or not it's it's real or being paid for it's still there is that point of comparison. So like comparing has absolutely no place in this whatsoever. The only time any of us should be comparing ourselves to someone is to ourselves. Yeah, I
0: would also say though like even comparing yourself one day to the next. <clears throat> like if you're going to give someone a compliment, I would say you should compliment them without saying this compared to that yeah so for example my hair is naturally curly Mm -hmm. sometimes I straighten it when someone says your hair looks so much better today that's upsetting because that's manufactured that's not who I am and if my hair is curly six days out of the week and then straight one day of the week but the only time you compliment me is that one day I'm one of those like overly confident people whose response isn't oh my god should I straighten it every day I want to say fuck you you should like my hair every day
1: yeah, and there's no need to say that. They could have just said, your hair looks really pretty today, you know, mm. and just said that. Like, that's, you know, you got to think about how you're complimenting people, mm. right?
0: And if I would say, too, like, if you have a preference for something, you can clearly express that by saying, like, oh... Um, I am paying you for extra content. I really like when you do this. In this content, could you do that? Which also then gives you the space to like adjust your pricing accordingly. Mm-hmm. So once again, naturally curly hair, straightening my hair will damage my curls. Mm-hmm. So I try and do it infrequently for that reason. So if someone wants me to straighten my hair, I'm going to bump up the price because they're asking for more time Absolutely. and and the amount of time that goes into it after to treat my hair. That
1: makes you know, so much like sense. It's, yeah. it's time. Yeah. So... If it takes more work, it should cost more.
0: Yeah. So I hope that answers your question, listener. Do you have anything else you want
1: to add to this topic? There's so many different OnlyFans out there. So just shop around and subscribe what you like to. And yeah, just don't compare people. That's it.
0: All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Vivian, where can people follow you?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at... XO underscore Vivienne. You can also follow me uh, through my OnlyFans at, at Vivienne underscore Braddy Redhead.
0: Vivienne is with two N's. V I V I E N N E. Correct. Wonderful. You can join the Deviants Defining Elite on Patreon at patreon.com slash Ray. And a big thanks to all of my Patreon subscribers. I love you guys. You guys are great. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sex Ray. You can submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast, email uh, ray at sharewithray.com, or DM me on Instagram. Follow me at wifebayray on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Razor Latex on Instagram and OnlyFans. This podcast is produced by me and engineered by Josh from Josh T Films and is hosted at sexnewswithray.podbean.com. The theme music is by and Brilliant, and our logo is by Dolly Shots Photography.